Compatriots and brothers and sisters in arms, I'm the Storm Report and welcome to this edition of the Poetic Justice Podcast, where we utilize the power of literature to combat injustice. I'm sure most of the family has already seen the historical event that's transpired in Montgomery, Alabama last week. The event has been dubbed many names by the black family since then. The Montgomery Brawl, Fade in the Water, and my personal favorite, the Alabama Sweet Tea Party, just to name a few. And a plethora of memes related to the event, including the one in the thumbnail of this program, are being shared all around social media, particularly ones depicting the chair that one of the brothers in the brawl used in self-defense against the suspected white supremacist. The chair heard around the world, if you will. I say suspected to be technical, but reports have come out since then that the thugs who jumped the unarmed black co-captain were hurling racial slurs. So it's very possible and highly likely that this was a hate crime. If I had to pick a favorite meme out of all the ones that I've seen, it'd have to be the one of the chair that had the caption, Tried that in a small town, 8523. There's actually t-shirts you can purchase with this image out now. I will not confirm nor deny I made any such transactions in that regard, but I digress. For those who don't know, the caption is a reference to a song by the name of Try That in a Small Town by Jason Aldean, which is basically a dog whistle to other racists to attack black people who are demonstrating against injustice, or in this case, black people who are simply just trying to do their jobs. Now, I'm not going to get too super in-depth into this because I feel the big dogs of the black media have already done both a thorough and an effective job at covering this story. And I'm not going to include any photos related to the event itself like I'd normally do in my YouTube presentations. I've seen a number of those who've covered this story get strikes and or who've gotten age restrictions placed on their video by YouTube. I personally received a strike two months ago for a video I posted over two years ago of a black woman at a 7-Eleven who was defending herself against a white woman blatantly calling her the N-word. I received that strike conveniently right around the time I began uploading again regularly on this channel. Not on the most recent video I posted, but on something I posted over two years ago. YouTube, which is an appendage of the white media apparatus as a whole, does not like showing images of black people defending themselves against white supremacists. That's not the narrative they wish to promote. One, because it plants seeds of doubt in the mind of those in the dominant society that they no longer have complete and physical dominance over black people. And two, they don't want the narrative of black people fighting back to become habit forming. This is why all throughout grade school and higher ed, when we're taught about the history of slavery and the civil rights movement, they had no problem showing us the images of mutilated black bodies and of black people being sprayed with water hoses and having attack dogs hooked on them. But not once were we shown in instances where black people not only were fighting back, but were doing so successfully. They understand perfectly well in the words of Professor Black Truth, when we fight, we win. What happened at that port in Alabama, which was a former slave port, by the way, was proof of that and it was caught on camera for literally the whole world to see. So much so that you got brothers and sisters over in Africa, the UK, and in the Caribbean weighing in on it. Now the reason I bring up this topic in this edition of Poetic Justice is because I know that there are those of you out there who are either outright condemning or who are questioning whether or not if the Black Collector's response to this event is quote, celebrating violence. And to that, allow me to address that notion and to make one thing perfectly clear. Black people are some of the most nonviolent and peaceful people on the face of the planet. There is no black equivalent to the KKK, Nazi Germany, or the Oklahoma City bombing. There's not one instance in this country of black people implementing policies designed to mass incarcerate white men. There are no instances of black men raiding white towns and burning them to the ground on the basis of race. 
There's not even an instance where a black nation has even waged war against the United States. We're literally the only ethnic group who can say that. The majority of the time black people have been violent in this country was out of necessity, whether that be out of self-defense or because of deliberate economic deprivation being inflicted upon them, which in that case, any race of people will become violent. There's a direct correlation between poverty and violence. The book Five Points, which talks about 19th century life in New York, breaks down how European immigrant street gangs who were in dire poverty committed unspeakable acts of violence towards one another, which the movie Gangs of New York depicts. To feel uplifted and empowered by what happened does not equivocate to glorifying violence nor as inciting violence against white people. The reason so many black people are reacting in such an emboldened manner is because we're taught our entire lives in this country that defending yourself as a black person is a literal sin. That turning the other cheek literally means allowing someone to beat you within an inch of your life rather than trying to stop them. Many of us are starting to understand more and more that that notion is not only cowardly but an outright false interpretation of scripture, but that we also have a God-given right to protect ourselves and to protect those who look like us against evil. And we saw on film just how effective we can be when we as a group stand up to the enemy. When we stand up politically, economically, and in this case physically, white supremacy is forced to have a seat, so to speak. In our heart of hearts, deep down we understand that not only is it natural to want to protect ourselves and to step in to defend each other, but it can be highly effective in combating the enemy when we do so as a group. That, in no way, is celebrating violence. All the memes, songs, and commentaries centered around this event are the celebration of black people having claimed a victory over evil. And make no mistake, that should be celebrated. Decent human beings delight in evil taking a loss. And it's the displays of self-defense like this that help prevent further attacks on other black people by acting as a deterrent for any would-be white supremacist thug thinking they're going to get an easy win for randomly attacking an unsuspecting black person. Now, with that said, while taking the time to celebrate W's is perfectly fine and is healthy in the sense that it boosts morale, we as a people must remember that we've had a history of getting one or two victories against white supremacy and exiting the field before the game is over. Millie Fuller warned us about that. Living in a codified manner is a 24-7 engagement, and if the videos of the brothers and sisters getting it in over there in Alabama taught us anything, it's that you need to be ready at any time, whether it's to protect yourself or your loved ones. It literally could pop off at any moment. Are you trained on how to operate your power tools and does your family know how to do so also just in case you're not around? Are you physically fit to handle threats? Because not a lot of people can say they can do what that 16 year old did who swam to the aid of that innocent black man being assaulted. Are you constantly monitoring the condition of any given public settings that you're in and making sure that you're mentally prepared in case things go down? Do you keep funds with you aside for bail money? And yes, I mean that literally. Sometimes when it comes to defending yourself and those you care about, you may have to go to jail, as unfair as that might be. Are you prepared for that reality? Now, Professor Black Truth, as I'm producing this episode as I speak, has already posted on his YouTube community tab that Reggie Ray, the man wielding the chair in self-defense, has been charged with disorderly conduct. He's been charged simply just for defending himself. This leads me to my next point. Family, understand me when I say, and I'll close with this. White supremacy does not, does not, and I repeat, does not believe in taking L's because the people in the dominant society all across the country saw the same thing black people did. And throughout this country's history, they believe in exacting vengeance, even if it's decades or centuries later. So stay alert at all times, family, and make sure you're always ready to and capable of putting in work, especially in the weeks and months to come following this event. Be ready and be fearless to put down acts of vengeance should they occur. 
The white supremacists don't get to take vengeance over an evil and wicked cause. Vengeance should only be on behalf of the righteous and behalf of those who produce justice. Just because we won the decisive victory, by no means have we won the war. Far from it. The enemy we're dealing with didn't pop up overnight and they're not going to be defeated overnight either. But now it's been put on display for the entire world to see what systematic white supremacy's real power is. It's codification. But now we also see what its grave weakness is. Black codification. One love and one justice. The Stormy Poet.